0: Welcome to Season 4. Hi, this is Mark Arnold, and welcome to Fun Ideas Podcast number 109. This episode is sponsored by the fine folks at Lee's
1: Comics. From high atop the stately Lee's Comics mansion, we bring you the Lee's Comics Radio Hour with tonight's special guests, Spider-Man, Superman, Batman, Cerebus the Aardvark, and yours truly, Wally Fields. Friends, have you tried Lee's Comics? Lee's Comics is better than the leading comic book store. Wait a minute. Lee's Comics is the leading comic book store based on arbitrary standards set by Lee Hester himself.
0: Lee's Comics eBay store is still going strong with over 10,000 vintage comics, the majority of which are now on sale. For half off, choose from Lee's huge stock of golden, silver, bronze, and modern-age comics, and specializing in Silver Age Marvel titles. You can count on friendly service, accurate grading, and quick, secure shipping, backed by a money-back guarantee. To check out Lee's eBay store, go to eBay. Click Advanced Search to the left of the search bar. Scroll down to Sellers and enter Lee's Comics, Inc., period. That's L-E-E-S-C-O-M-I-C-S-I-N-C, period. Don't forget the period. Lee's Comics is shipping daily with no delays. New items daily. Mention the Fun Ideas podcast and get a free bonus gift.
1: Long title. Looking for the good times. Examining the monkey song one by one by Michael Aventrella and Mark Arnold. A book that examines each song, gives lots of details about each song, and our own personal opinions. You can find this book on Amazon, Barnes & Nobles, and anywhere where good books are being sold. Our webpage is wordpress.monkeys.com where you can see many of the songs and give your own opinions of them. And we will be discussing this more on Zilch.
0: Hey Michael, it says here we've written another book about the monkeys. Wasn't the first one enough?
1: Not at all, Mark. Our original book, Looking for the Good Times, Examining the Monkey Songs One by One, was very successful, but only covered half the story. Which half? The group half. Our new book, Headquartered, a timeline of the Monkey solo years, covers the solo half. Who knew the monkeys record so many solo albums? Not only that, but this book covers all of their solo projects, including stage shows, horse racing, running record labels, directing and starring in TV shows and movies, voice acting, and jail. Jail? Did the monkeys go to jail? Ah, you have to read the book to find out. You've sold me. Have you sold them? Who, who, who's them? Those people out there listening to this. Well, listen to this! This book has discographies, photos, and other information about the prefab for Mickey, Davey, Peter, and Mike, the Solo Monkeys, plus another nifty cover by Scott Shaw. Wow, he did our last cover, and this one's
0: equally good. Where can you get this masterpiece? Announcer. Announcer? That's me.
1: Get Headquartered, a timeline of the monkey solo years written by Michael A. Ventrella and Mark Arnold. Those two guys. It's available in hardback, paperback, or ebook from
0: BearManormedia.com or from Amazon. Get your copies today. Cool. I'm gonna get one today. My Warren Kremer book is finally being laid out and is looking really good. I'm also still working on my Mad Book and a new Kool-Aid Man article. We'll discuss other new projects throughout the year. Letters, we get letters. Jeff Craig had to say this about episode 104. This is so fascinating. You guys are great. My dad will love this. I need to download it and put it on his Kindle Fire Reader as he and my mom have never gone digital. No computer, no internet. Today's guests are the incomparable Charles F. Rosenay, and today he's brought us a real live turtle. No, not the reptile kind, but the musical kind. He was a drummer in the Turtles during their biggest hits heyday of 1967 and 1968. He was also in Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young, and Jefferson Starship. Here he is, John Barbada. Hi, this is Mark Arnold with another episode of Fun Ideas Podcast. And I have Charles Roseney again because he gets me some great guests. Because today I'm very thrilled and excited to have one of the actual Turtles I have Johnny Barbada. How are you, sir? Doing great,
2: buddy. Doing great. Not just one of the turtles, but come on, one of the great rock and roll drummers of that too. Not forever. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just you watch him, and you want to, you want to be a drummer. You want to twirl. You want to go crazy <laughs> on the drums. There's not a lot like him. <laughs> Johnny, how did you get your style? What,
0: what, yeah. how did you start twirling them sticks? Yeah. <laughs> When I was in the Sentinels, I was in high
3: school in San Luis Obispo. I was a group called the Sentinels. I was a sophomore. We had a number one hit all the way up and down the California coast called Latina. And uh, I started spinning my sticks way back when from the beginning, from day one. I did do a marching band thing
2: that I do with a stick <laughs> that I invented that nobody else does. But anyway. Were you classically trained?
3: No, I trained myself. Wow. I did. <laughs> it was pretty rich, was pretty, pretty
2: incredible. Were you uh, were, were you uh, originally one of the Crossfires?
3: No, I came later. So, I replaced, I was always the second drummer. Second drummer in the Turtles, second in the Crossfires, second in the Turtles, second in CS&Y, second, second in the, uh, well Starship I was the first drummer. Uh-huh. And I was the third drummer in the Airplane.
2: Wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow! 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 I mean that—that that alone. My gosh! It's like you know. It's like playing for the playing in the major leagues and playing for the best <laughs> best teams in, in baseball. You. You. I mean, wow! And and it was Crosby, Stills, and Nash who who stole you from the Turtles. Is that would that be accurate? Yeah, and yeah, I did. I did. I did albums with those collectively and individually. I did two albums with uh, Graham Nash. One with Stephen. One with. Uh, Neil Young, the Time Face
3: Away album, That really never got released. And uh, what else? I did a Crosby, Nash album, and I did the Four Way Street album. I did the seven albums of those guys.
2: Wow! <laughs> Four Way Street, one of the oh my god, one of the great albums of all time. So tell us uh, how, how you hooked up with uh, the Turtles.
3: Well, uh, Lee Michaels uh, found out the Turtles were looking for a drummer, so they loaded my drums in the back of his van. We went down there. I did an audition and Bones Howe, who produced Amabas and papas and a lot of other people, said, get that drummer. And uh, we did. <laughs> the rest is history. The first song I played on was Happy Together, which was a number one hit single. They had four four hits in a row by Byner and Gordon. And uh, then we had two more hits after that. So there, was, there were not, seven or eight nine hits of the Turtles. But they had the first number one hit when they had Happy Together happy me. What, and what, he never had, I left and never had another,
0: hit. Was, uh, you. <laughs> <laughs>
3: that was all you. <laughs> that was, that was amazing. Well, not, not totally, but the, the writer, or, you know, Bonner and Gordon have some really good hits. I mean, he has classics he really knows that song. Yeah. Everybody really knows that
2: song. You mentioned Lee Michaels, is that, um, lol, do you know what I mean? The same guy who said the hit? Yeah,
3: absolutely. One of my best friends, he played with the Sentinels. I played with him, with the Chills, Choddy Hill Band. I played with him in his own band. Yeah, Lee's, uh, he's a trip. It was on Venice.
0: Now, I, John, I've heard that uh, Gene Clark of the Birds introduced you to the Turtles. Is that correct or no?
3: He did as well. Okay. I, but Actually, Lee Michael took me down there. Uh, but yeah, and, yeah, that's how I got the gig. Gene I'm Clark recommended
4: you. And
2: it was pretty much straight from introduction to recording, or did you did you go on the road? What What was the first, was Was I happy sat to, sat there, to...
3: I, I, I sat in there and jammed with him. And that's been blowing house. Hit that drummer, and I went to Denny's and they were Mark and Howard. And
0: after that, I was in the band. I started <laughs> rehearsing, and then uh, you know, started recording. Hmm. And um, I guess you also did like uh, like their music videos, is what they would call them now, is for "Happy Together" and for "She's My Girl." At the time, you know, there weren't too many that they did. But uh, how how was it to film those little? Uh, you know, promotional films you know, back then. We did. We did
3: a, what did we do? We did like two Smurfs brothers, two Hollywood palaces. Yeah. We Did a bunch of stuff, man. A lot of Ed stuff,
0: Sullivan. <laughs> yeah,
3: we did that, Ed Sullivan.
0: Before, so. Now, now Howard Kalen talks about Ed Sullivan that he it was a bundle of nerves when he went on there. How were you before you did Ed Sullivan? No problem,
3: man. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny's a
2: rock and roll gangster. Come on. <laughs> you think Ed Sullivan's going to phase him?
3: <laughs> Mark handers him a flower. Ed Sullivan didn't know what to do, so he went to a commercial. And, and him, what, what is the flower? Ed, it's flower power. He didn't know what it <laughs> We had just swallowed the stones, man. They had like semen you know, all over the toilets and beer cans and shit. They were like crazy wild.
0: One other thing I wanted to ask about is, uh, you know, uh, and these are just like rumors or things Kalen has said over the years. Sometimes he says things that are apparently exaggerated. So I have to ask these things. Uh, were you trying to get the turtles to wear matching suits and stuff like that on stage, or is that just... No, rumors? but I'm to get them to dress
4: better because they dress terrible. <laughs> <laughs> They no class. They were you know, beach group from uh, the crossfires. They knew nothing about mm-hmm. wearing clothes. You know, they were,
2: just shouldn't know. They were mm-hmm. sloppy. I, I was, sloppy. Was we wore, they narrow suits. And, you know, we had all stuff going for us. We did the Vegas thing, you know, we had all the stuff going for us.
3: <clears throat> but I will say this about the turtles, though. They never gave me credit because they were jealous of me. When I left the group, group they said I left because uh, personal reasons. And when, you know, I left because I was didn't they weren't going anywhere. They were running their own songs and they weren't very good. I decided to
4: leave and go to better bigger and better things which I did. Mm-hmm. The L I Getaway album which Paul Rodschwell
3: produced. He produced Channel Soften and the He thought it was the best thing he ever produced. L I Getaway album. And, and we had Doctor John Pucadilli on Russell on Keyboards. It's a great album. It's a it's a blues rock album.
2: Yeah.
3: It never made it because Ahmed Erdogan said he yeah, had I me mean, in his Apartment in New York has armor on. He said, "Well, John, what are we gonna do?" I said, "Well, why don't you put it out? If you like the cream, we'll all get back together. Joe when we can't." He, Chris Sutton's the bass player, but the hottest bass player in Hollywood. You know, he played with a million people. Anyway, make a long story short, he never put it out.
2: Hmm. <laughs> wow, but see, but see, they gave you credit though. In the as it went on, they said you were their superior drummer. But the guy who came in after you, he was just a friend he was a buddy but they they said no way did he have the chops you did i mean that's on record yeah, that,
3: that, that pissed me off too because i was just as much a buddy as he was they just yeah. played down. and all the interviews and stuff they never mentioned me never nerfed their videos and never were they were jealous of me man but
4: yeah. when, the, when the girls would play crowds and the girls would run onto to the front stage they wouldn't look at mark and
3: howard because they were heavy right. <laughs> Right, and, that's, and, and the story is the way it was, and so they were always jealous of me. I got all the teen magazine stuff and all stuff.
4: Right, But the show when you saw the Turtles, the show really was Mark spinning his tambourine,
3: me with my sticks, and Howard had a great voice. That was the Turtles, correct? And when you saw yeah. the Turtles live, they sounded just like the records, which was important because a lot of groups don't sound like the records, but we
4: did. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, I mean, a lot of the groups didn't play their own music. I mean, you know, it was recorded by the Wrecking Crew or whatever, and then they'd come out and play. You were a real
4: band. Yeah, people used to ask how I could you
3: play that together? No, that was Johnny I said, Wow, I didn't know it sounded like you. <laughs>
4: yeah, I knew how to play.
0: Yeah. How are the, how are the 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 executives at White Whale? Did you deal with them directly? I mean, I've heard stories that they're notoriously cheap. They
3: were they were weird. They didn't think I. Should, they didn't want me to play what I was playing on. She'd rather be with me and happy because they wanted me to play something different. And then and uh, the producer, uh, what the hell was his name? Uh, he said, "Man, are you crazy? That's, that's great stuff." Actually, it stylized me as a drummer. She'd rather be with me when I turn the beat around. Him. Matter of fact, I got number seven of the best songs of the '60s drum thing, and, and Ginger Baker got number one.
0: All he did was playing on the one and the three. He didn't do any fills. <laughs> he got the number one thing.
3: That Phil, I did. Nobody can even do that, Phil.
0: So. Right. Were you referring to Chip Douglas?
3: Yeah, he produced. Well, he was unhappy to go. He, he produced uh, the uh, Battle of Bands album. He left to produce the Monkeys and ended up, you know, producing Cinderella, which I played. I never got credit for that either. But <laughs>
0: that's right. He is on Christmas is my time of the year. That's what I've heard. So yeah. Um. <laughs>
3: She played an happy girl. Produced the monkeys inherited plantation. What would Linderon do? He's over here now.
2: What were you uh, credited on all the monkey tracks, or were there? I'm sorry, on the turtles tracks, or there's some? Oh yeah, le- of course,
4: yeah, of course, everything,
2: yeah. Yeah, so that was legit. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Johnny, I, I think that uh, we're sensing that there's still, you know, bitterness all after all these years. Do you do you not keep in touch? They they are not friends. They're not people who you. Uh... Uh, I'll
3: be I'll be honest with you. Since so we're sure telling the truth here, and i have been told. Yeah. Howard's a great guy. Nobody likes Mark.
4: Mark's an asshole. <laughs> <You> know, actually, <laughs> he, mm-hmm. he's, he tries
3: to play the leader and all that stuff, and uh, you know, that was a saxophone player. Mm-hmm. You
4: mm-hmm. know, and that was this whole thing with the crossfires and. and He's kinda of like, you know Mark and Howard are like
3: they're they're a comedy team. Yes. Yeah. You know, it became flown any, flowing any couldn't make it. I pissed them off so had to go back to being the of turtles. Everyone wants to hear the hits. So it's reality, it's the way it is, you know? Well, you know,
2: yeah, I mean your you're, you're drumming on their hits is, is unbelievable and it definitely stands out. And uh, you're right. I mean you're t- you're talking about the two schlubs up front who you know, the Howard <laughs> phenomenal voice. I mean, no doubt, great yeah, he voice. He did, he
3: was a crooner. Great. But I don't think anybody in CSNY could sing as good as he could, as far as crooning goes. Right. Well, Grace slick and Marty Bal, Marty Bal, especially, they were crooners. But no, Stephen Sow was the closest to being. A, he wasn't really wasn't a crooner. But they had great, you know, chemistry. But, right. Yeah, Mark, Howard was a crooner. He's he's still alive, but he's not really very healthy. Right. I don't know how long he's gonna live. Mm.
2: But you definitely, no doubt, you and probably the other guys in the band were, were, you know, were the teen idols. There's no doubt about that. Girls would probably salivate over you, and the guys would just listen to the to the two front people sing, and the grown-ups would enjoy the, the humor of it.
3: Yeah. Yeah, you know, the, the, the Turtles were an act. You didn't just see a group together and sing left. Mark would throw his tambourine up one side of his arm, throw it up the other side. and I was always fitting my, I always did a drum solo. Every band I was in, except CSNY, I always did a drum solo, and that really uh, brought me out to the forefront, so to speak. Mm.
2: Tell us, tell us the stuff you did with the Turtles that you're most proud of. Well, I co-wrote
3: "Eleanor." I wrote a few words in that song. Yeah. And uh, had to get her thing. went, like, boom boom, ba boom." And stylized <laughs> me as a drummer, but she'd rather be with me. I, I ter- totally turned the on it in the bridge. Did that fill I Do a single stroke roll, go to a double stroke going out of it. And that got me number seven drum part in uh, Modern Drummer for best drumming, in in the sixties for the you know top seven drummers,
2: whatever. Right, 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 right.
3: But like I said, Ginger Baker got number one. All he was doing was playing on the one and the three instead of the two and the four. Unbelievable. So know, which is really weird, but anyway. Now,
0: did you did you play on Guide for the Married Man? Because that was kind of a different situation.
3: I yeah, only thought I ever played that with they use a click track.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, and that was
2: by uh, by the 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 songwriter's choice. Though that was John Williams who wrote it, the famous uh, composer who went on to do orchestration. Right. Uh, was, man, yeah. yeah, was click track your choice, or was that a?
3: Uh... No, that was my choice. They just wanted me to do. It. I said, I don't care. Whatever you want. Okay. To do. I <laughs> I didn't and want then. To did you know did I, that? Did
2: I do? Over a hundred albums as a studio drummer?
3: Yeah. Whoa. Uh, yeah, let, me, let me tell you with Dr. John, Booker T, Leon Russell, uh, Dave Mason, Linda Ronstadt, Everly Brothers, you know, a lot of people.
2: Who was uh, Who was the fairy first?
3: That I, that I did, well, besides all the groups I was in, uh, maybe it was Linda Ronstadt. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. That's a good question. Well, my memories can go back that far. Was that Peter Asher uh,
2: as the producer? No, Chip Douglas produced it. Wow, right,
3: right, right. Yeah, he, he produced
2: the Turtles, uh
3: produced Linda Rasta. Got me to play drums on it, you know. Yeah.
0: Weren't Chip and Linda an item for a while, boyfriend, girlfriend?
3: They were. But yeah. she was. you know Linda Rasta was like she'd be in uh the Troubadours. Oh, he's a terrible lay and all this kind of shit. <laughs> she is <she's crazy. laughs> What a voice though. She had the voice of the voice. You would have the best voice
2: if anybody. <laughs> you tell it, you,
0: Johnny. You tell it like it is. Well, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to ask a bunch of stuff here if you're telling it like it is. Now, the the story that has uh, differing outcomes um, is the one about Jim Tucker when you guys went to England. Now, the way Howard tells it is Jim Tucker got all pissed off at John Lennon and quit the band. And Jim Tucker, before he passed away, said. No, that wasn't true at all. I just got tired of playing or something like that. What, what do you feel is the real story? That
3: was, the other thing was bullshit. He said it just like it was. He never talked to John Lennon about that. It's bullshit. I had something between Lennon and Ringo. They were stoning acid. We were drinking $400 bottles of French red wine. I didn't know what to say. I like froze. And our roadie came over and tripped and spilled a whole pitcher of beer on John Lennon's lap, who we was smoking one cigarette. Never stopped smoking like it never happened. Remember, he said, are acid, right? So I leaned over and I figured it broke the ice. I said, well, geez, John, sorry about that. Oh, it's not a no big deal. So said, well, it wasn't for you guys. We wouldn't be here. I said, what do you mean? You know, Beatles, Turtles. He said, you can, you can stumble us Everything we got, we stole from Chuck Berry.
2: <laughs> he said that.
3: Yeah, he said that to me.
2: Oh, wow. Wow. He
3: was it, it, and, you it, know. It, in his
2: LSD mind, he still gave Chuck Berry credit. <laughs> oh,
3: yeah. I mean, the Stones did, too. Keith Richards, everything he got, he stole from Chuck Berry. Mm-hmm.
2: Probably
3: the best rhythm guitar player in the world. You know, the Rolling Stones guitar player, Richards.
2: Sure. What was it like uh, touring England? Because uh, Mark and Howard always say that that was their... That their goal was to have a hit in England, you know, and show the Beatles, and the Beatles listen to their music. So what, w- what was that like for you personally? Well, when we, when we were into the
3: speakeasy, it, it was packed with, with all, every rock musician he's can to imagine, all these French and English uh, models. And as soon as we walked through the door, the old turner, as we went through with our entourage, seven or eight people of us, you know, mm-hmm. and we went out and sat in the back, and I'm looking out at, at the bar, and there's McCartney having a drink with, uh, you know, seven group. Rod Stewart was there. I mean, you know, they were all there. Uh, Brian Jones was there at a the blonde inside of them. And then I look over, next to us, and there's John and Ringo. I knew the road manager. I met him in L.A. So our manager, you know, asked me, look, can we be in the field? Yeah, sure, over." So I'm sitting in between them, and that's when that whole deal happened. But no, they, uh, the speakeasy was a small place. We ended up playing there the next night. It was packed. The same people. You know, Henderson and were just coming up the ladder. And uh, everybody was there. I mean, got that little guy can't stand the animals. Eric Burdon, he's real prude. Eric Burton is real prude. Hilton
2: Hilton just passed away a few day a few weeks ago. You mean the girl Hilton? No, no, Hilton Valentine, their lead guitarist of the oh, okay. from the Animals. Yeah, 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 yeah. He, were, he, he he was at that rock on that you were at. A really sweet guy, very very soft spoken.
3: Yeah.
2: Um. Uh, so so here you are in England and, and you're I mean you're at the top of the game and these guys are coming to see you Did anyone sit in did anyone jam? Did anyone jump well, on the stage?
3: We, we opened up at the speakeasy in front of everybody. Brian Jones. It was like 10 feet in front of me And uh, we opened up. We were all nervous We opened up with an A B Bay by Bob Dylan the first song hit at the Turtles had. Sure. And we got a standing ovation. We, were standing. Then we just you know then we were comfortable Then I said everybody loved it. You know?
2: Yeah. Um, did you did, yeah. did you do vocals too on those uh, in those shows?
3: Yeah, I sang on some stuff. Yeah, I did. They didn't really need me. They had some, you know. But I I did sing later on.
0: Did you it's perform there. anything back then uh, that never made it onto an album that you performed live on tour?
3: Mm, I don't think so. Okay. Ken, I think know it was recorded. I think that's like twenty five or something. I don't know.
0: Okay, because I, I discovered a shindig in performance, but I think it's before you joined, where they performed Needles and Pins, and I said, wow, that's not on a record anywhere. <laughs> so I no. thought maybe you performed other things that weren't on uh, uh, albums the, or anything.
3: Outside Chance, Outside Chance really was the first thing we recorded, and
0: that
3: mm-hmm. was a bomb, I never really got anywhere. Then we recorded <laughs> Happy Good or Next, and then mm-hmm. that was it, first number one hit single, Boom. Mm-hmm.
2: So you you were uh, I mean you were there for the the best of the the best I mean from from happy together through Eleanor and you showed me I mean every, and then pretty much
3: yes. that was it. Yeah, and you know I, I, she'd rather be with me. Do you know what I mean? She's my girl. They're all big kids. Yeah, all big hits,
0: man. Yeah, if you're going to be in a, a a certain span of time, that's the best time to be in the group. I can see. <laughs> What's that about
3: it? Well, Um,
0: yeah. One, yeah. One thing I'm curious about, and probably nobody's ever asked you, but they've surfaced in recent times, is you did a couple commercials—one for Pepsi and one for Camaro. Uh, what were those situations like?
3: Well, we just—you know—we just went in the studio and recorded. Not a big deal.
0: But was it attached to a regular recording session, or was it something special, or how did that work?
3: I think one was in New York. Then I think about it. But the other one was in L.A. It was just—you know it just went like anything else. It, they run this song down, and we, we recorded it. It was, real, it was pretty fast. <laughs> any, you know, it, I'll bet. Go ahead.
2: Any deep tracks or B-sides that you're really proud of that a typical Turtles fan wouldn't know?
3: Well, I'd have to look at, this, look at the album. So Yeah, there is some good stuff on there. It's a bunch of weird stuff right there
2: too, but just yeah. some good stuff. No, nothing uh, hits you right off the bat and says, oh my gosh, I loved my own, you know, the fills on this one. I can't believe it wasn't a hit, or I wish people knew this a little more. Nothing comes to mind?
3: Well, the Battle of Band's album,
0: Chief Come On, I Want to Ya. I'll show that. Here, here's that album. There's... Oops. You gotta laugh. You gotta there's, laugh. There's John right there on the album. <laughs> I'm showing the album on uh, the video here. And yeah, then, if, if you do get the album, the center spread has you all in these crazy costumes. I mean, what was that like, uh, setting up those costumes for the album? Well,
3: we got to go to Warner Brothers and they, they brought all these different things we kept setting up. You know, we went to the beach to do the Surfer Dan thing. and It was fun. It was fun. It was cool. And that was a... uh you know, the Beatles had Sergeant Pepper. We wanted to do something that was really different. So, you know, a, a concept album. So we did that album. The Stones never did a concept album. The Beatles <laughs> did. You know, they, they, you know, Sergeant Pepper was their concept album. That was our album. I they, think that album uh, had two hits on it, Eleanor, and you showed mm-hmm. I think this. On
2: Johnny, I think the Stones would say that they're um, on their Satanic Majesty's request was there, um you know, Sergeant Pepperish? ish uh, Maybe they wouldn't admit it, but it came out at the same time, you know, the weird covers. But uh you outdid the Beatles because I think you were uh, naked in one of the pictures that the Beatles would <laughs> go, I don't think they had the balls to do that.
3: I'm sure. Mark was holding my uh, my uh fig leaf. I wasn't even holding anything
0: out my arms. That's right. It. You're not holding it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, the Trolls
3: were a trip. They were a funny group they were not your normal rock and roll. That's for sure.
2: So, aside from the after effect, you enjoyed your time with them. It was a happy time.
3: Absolutely, yeah, great times. Absolutely. Why? Why? Why wouldn't it be? I mean, God, we You know, I get to do a drum solo all the time. Nobody ever, nobody ever upstaged me. The only time we ever did a gig, we did a gig with the Razzles. I was good friends with Dino. He and I were probably the only two stick-trolling drummers in the '60s. The Rascals, I love the Rascals. They're more of an R and B band, which so is the kind of stuff I really like. Twirls are more of a pop band, you know. But, but uh,
2: well, you drummers who love the '60s will put Dino and you at the top of every list.
3: Yeah, <laughs> we were we were strict trolling drummers. I don't know if Dino did a drum solo. I never saw him do a drum solo, but I always did. I'm sure he was capable of it. But he called me from Paris maybe four or five years ago, and. Uh, I, I know Jerry Ricky, his brother owns Long Island Drum Company. He said that Dino's really depressed. He's like a really moody guy. I never really got that out of him, but I never, wasn't around that much to really know. But uh-huh. uh, I don't know what it is. The drummers are always the best-looking guys in the band, it seems like. <laughs> Michael Clark are the, are the, the, you know Michael Clark was good-looking in the burst. Gene Clark was looking. Really, you know, Mickey Jones is pretty good-looking.
2: Dave Clark Five. Yeah, a bunch of them. Yeah. Pete, Pete Best with the Beatles?
3: <laughs> the Ringo, well, McCartney had Ringo beat probably, but Ringo was probably second. <laughs> <silent. laughs>
2: did you, did you, uh, did you ever get to hang out with Ringo?
3: Yeah, twice. Uh, well, at the time, I spent between him and the speakeasy, he never said a word to me, but I'm <laughs> at the, I'm at the, the club called the, uh, the Rainbow in Hollywood, mm-hmm. and I'm in there and it's packed. There's a bar downstairs, of a, a restaurant downstairs upstairs there's a there's this, Thing. Anyway, I'm sitting there and up to the top. There's this little loft. There's two places for seats. I see Buddy Miles up there, and he sees me. He slides me to come up there. I go up there, and there's Ringo, and he does me to Ringo. Hey, Ringo, this is Johnny Barbada. His girlfriend goes, "You're Johnny Barbada? and
2: Ringo almost, over. almost fell over. He was pissed. <laughs> wow.
3: dick <laughs> went crazy for meeting me. I don't know why, but anyway.
2: John, you mentioned the monkeys. Uh, any any uh, connections with with you guys?
3: Yeah, I, was, I hung out with Peter Torque a lot. Peter Tork. Really? Right. Yeah, we were good. He was the best of all those guys. He was the smartest, the nicest and all that stuff.
2: Well, he was certainly uh, the best musician and, and, and certainly the most cerebral.
3: Well, I don't know. The other, the other guy was a pretty good musician, too. Guitar player.
2: Nesmith, yeah.
3: He might have been the better musician, actually. He <laughs> was a right?
2: Peter, Peter was probably more versatile, I think. He played more yeah. things. You, you yeah, You could yeah. hand him any instrument, he could do that. Did you play also some bass?
3: Did I play what?
2: Did you also play some bass?
0: No. No, just drums just and percussion.
2: Drum. Right, right, right.
0: Now, when, um, you said you wrote a few lyrics for Eleanor, um, did you also contribute to the writing or even how to drum in a particular song, especially on the battle of the bands? Because, I mean, you're trying to be other bands. So did you give any input or did you just do your thing?
3: Well,
0: I wrote three songs. Eleanor loved me. It was
3: the three songs I wrote. Eleanor. But, um, I always came up with my own ideas
4: and uh, arrangements
3: and stuff for the songs. I came up with a lot of that. Okay. I never got credit for, but
0: anyway. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> that's why we're asking because we don't know. <laughs> you know, it's like it always seems like the the Mark and Howard show. So, the, and um, one of the things I want to ask is kind of some of your weirder songs that you did with the Turtles. I mean, it's like, were you a fan of doing those? Like, I'll say one, like "Sound Asleep. Sleep."
3: Yeah, that was that was kind of a weird one.
0: <laughs> but, they,
3: they, they, they had a lot of strange songs. Did you, prefer, some...
0: did you prefer doing the silly, weird ones, or did you like doing the straight stuff? Or...
3: And it didn't matter to me. I was a twirl. I was to do whatever they put in front of me. Okay. Like an album, you know. But okay. I didn't I say, say much. I might say something. I don't really like that song. I did not even say that much. Mm-hmm. We just did what we did, you know. Recorded it. Put them out there.
0: Okay. And then uh, you were part of some of those recordings like in the hotel room where it called. it came out later as the Rhythm Butchers. I mean, what were those like? Was that any sort of sophisticated thing at all or is it just goofing around with a, a tape recorder? i making a bunch
3: of Rhythm Butchers to be honest It might have been after me. I don't
0: know. Okay. All
4: is right. The,
2: is, is Johnny credited on those?
0: Well, I see his picture, his photograph on it, but yeah, it might have been after, but it was, uh, did you ever do any recordings while on tour, like in the hotel room? I mean, they weren't, you probably weren't called the Rhythm Butchers, but just, you know, fooling around with tape recorders and singing. they
3: were they, they might have been demos, nothing that we did, that we put
0: out. Okay, nothing. okay. Just, yeah, they, I mean, the, these came out late, late in the 80s or something, it was just supposedly uh, yeah, some really... Talking undiscovered turtle stuff but it was kind of uh, no you
2: okay. were gone but the, we were trying to you know figure out if, if those were stuff that you were on and that was released later
0: where were the titles and songs oh geez i have to look it up but um well ones that were like that were like uh actual b-sides that you put out you know like ambassa and the dragon and uh can't you hear the cows i mean uh yeah, yeah right yeah, silly stuff like that. I mean, were, were you, you were always game for that, you said, so it didn't matter. But Yeah,
3: those were the days.
0: <laughs> I guess that's what um, – one other uh, question I had was, um, you know, we always hear about Mark and Howard. I mean, talk about the other guys, like Al Nicol. What was he like?
3: I was kind of a quiet guy. Uh, he, he really they don't give him much input either he had the third voice and he came up he wasn't a lead guitar player the Turtles never had one album, one song a guy would play lead solo on, on eight bars in a song it never happened he was a signature style guitar player But ba ba da ba you know what I mean mm-hmm. then, uh, Tucker was in the, in the background he didn't do much he was kind of in the background Hans was really a great guy great character good bass player he was a fuel bass player he has got a good voice uh he was a good bass player she, uh Chip is was maybe a more professional bass player mm-hmm. and but he didn't last long he played one arm one song and, and produced this and left he grew some monkeys in the a Plantation in Hawaii you know go through that whole thing I speak to him every now and then. he still plays over there in Hilo plays mm-hmm. his steel guitar and stuff but yeah <clears throat> but the Turtles are all different but uh yeah, Al was cool. We, we all, Al and I and Tucker lived together in Stanley Hills in a three-bedroom apartment,
4: or mm-hmm. a house, I guess you should say. Mm-hmm. We were all together all the time. Mm-hmm. Al was good. Al was, he wrote some good songs, had a good vocalist, you
3: know. <clears throat> Pons was uh, a good bass player, had a good voice. He was a Pisces kind of downstream kind of guy, kind of quiet, mm-hmm. laid back.
0: Now, I want to ask you a couple. There's a couple tracks that were unreleased that I believe you played on because they were recorded in 68, and they didn't release them until later, but they were never really truly finished. It was Rhino Records just cashing in, I guess, basically. One's called To See the Sun, and the other's called The Owl. Uh, were those made for any particular purpose, or they were leftover tracks from Battle of the Bands? Do you remember them? I don't know. They might,
3: they might have been leftover tracks, or just tracks that were ever released. I don't know.
0: Okay, but the, you don't remember them being for any particular purpose. They're just ones that didn't make it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Okay.
2: But okay. you were on those, right?
0: I think so. Yeah, rings Okay, and um, I was just curious if you got caught up. Uh, like, you, you were in the Happy Together documentary that Rhino made a, a while back, and uh, but it was Mark and Howard talking about like lots of financials problems and problems with the managers were you immune to all that or were you exposed to that like everybody else and how did you how did you work through that at the time well when i came
3: home i had, I had given a thousand dollars to my manager to start a car i was going to sell these red marcos cars i bought it from stephanie powers it looked like a ferrari It only way 1400 pounds it to 500 pounds, it never existed i had a house in malibu i was in a get for like 50 grand, it was like a $200,000 house. It bigger than that. That never existed. And then we were told that the managers took all our money. I went in the bed and cried for a minute. Then I woke up and said, it's like the movie Gone with the Wind. Well, there's always tomorrow. Because we still got the band. we can all make money. And so we got it back together and went out there and did it. And my best friend ended up managing them, Rick Soderlund, for a while. And, uh, yeah. Hmm.
2: Wasn't was Bill Cosby a, a manager for a while too?
3: Bill Cosby the, the uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I I, I record I recorded him one time for him in uh, while they were filming Combat next door you now. But no, he had nothing to do with producing the turtles,
0: none at all, nothing. Okay he
2: had nothing to do with the
0: turtles at all, nothing. Oh gotcha, gotcha. And let's see. Um uh just little rumor things and stuff like that. When you're with uh it might have been when you were with Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young, or Jefferson Starship. But uh, I've, I've read that uh, you were considered to uh, drum for e- the Eagles, and you had to turn it down because you liked the gig you were doing. Well, that's exactly what happened. They, David
3: Geffen, Elliot Roberts had four. David Geffen was the top guy. They're all William Morris dropouts, right? And <laughs> Elliot Roberts had New Young and Johnny Mitchell, the Cars, Tom Petty, Devo. This other guy had. John Harmon had America, all in the same building, and so I go up there. Elliot they get me Stone, Elliot's office, and he could just get his offices right, touch his, you know, walk through the door. It was Getz's office. And you're in there, and he sitting me down. He's there, looking. There's this new band, and they want you to be the drummer. I go, Who are they? Said Getz and They're going to really be big, and they want you. Well, David, who are they? Said the Eagles. Said, Eagles? Never heard of them. I said, Well, they're going to be big, and they want you. He goes, Man, I'm getting ready to Neil Young solar albums. And I, I, I can't get any bigger than Neil Young. Says they were a political group, but I would rather be in a political group than an Eagles kind of group. <laughs> and, you know, the same thing with Amzie Dunbar, who followed me in the Starship. He uh, was asked to be the drummer in Led Zeppelin and turned that down to go with White Snakers. <laughs> On
4: yeah,
3: so just, you know, who knows? Maybe I'd join him. Maybe played, uh, Henley would have been a guitar player or something. I don't
2: know. Donny, <laughs> <laughs> what do you what do you do
3: now? Well, I get a bunch of drum clinics I'm supposed to do in New York City, but I'm afraid to go to New York.
2: I hear <laughs> it's
3: it. It's a little, little crazy there, man.
2: So you still do clinics, yes?
3: Yeah, I, well, I've got them lined up when I do them when I them.
2: No, I know. Did you ever do the Connecticut drum clinic for Rick Smith?
3: Uh, no, but I did a book signing up there. Probably did a little bit of a drum clinic for the people that were there, but not, not a real full-fledged one, now.
2: All right, I'm going to get you that. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> he's a good guy and he's had, you know, um liberty and he's had um oh, so many people and I bet he just doesn't know how to reach you. So I'm gonna I'm gonna hook you guys up.
4: Cool. Yeah, man, have... you asked me about Joe Wizard. Joe Wizard, you know, he was he produced a turtle sub. Oh yeah.
3: And yeah. He was, he was one of the reasons that, you know, when they got me, Joe Wizard and the new writers and a new bass player in Jim Proms and asked him and uh chip douglas changed the whole sound rhythm session was totally different drummer and bass player and of course the uh, the writers and the, and the producer changed the whole thing right joe wickham was a great guy he, good. he ended up producing uh earth wind and fire
2: wow big difference
3: yeah he's really good but you know when he, he came to california we had this pot called ice bag he smoked some of that shit and it, it just made him a vegetable he couldn't he couldn't do nothing <laughs>
4: It's
0: funny. Anyway, <laughs> now I have a, a quick question for you: Is uh, you know, and you've probably been asked this more than even Turtle's questions. I was just curious uh, how you got into the Jefferson Starship. Was uh, Crosby, Stills, Nash, Young winding down, or what was going on then?
3: They kind of were winding down, and uh, know, Crosby's haters hey, this group. You know, the airplane—they they need a drummer, man, and I recommended it to them. And that's how I got the gig. I went up to him. It's the same way I got the gig with CSNY. I was in Leo Makota's house in La Honda, Santa Cruz, and Neil and Crosby came walking in, and they said they were kind of down because they fired Dallas Taylor because Neil didn't like him. Was just, he wanted to be an equal part of the group, and he was pissed off and Neil was in there. So Neil said, fuck this guy. He's goes or I go. So he went, and I came. <laughs> and I talked to Fuzzy Samuels, who called me about a week ago. He's a great bass player. He's in Ohio. He's not doing much anymore, but he was, he was a great bass player. That's how I got the gig, though, with this, the airplane. Crosby got me the airplane. I rehearsed the same thing, played with Jack and Yarma, jammed with them guys. and They loved it, and they, I got the gig on right on the spot. And uh, that led to the uh, Starship. We can what do you think of the group called the Starship? Well, are you kidding? I'd love to be on a group called the Starship.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Well, it was a natural progression from Jefferson Airplane to a starship. It was brilliant.
3: <laughs> yeah, exactly. It really was.
0: Now, I, I have to kind of touch on a delicate subject. I mean, it, it, it seems like you were doing fine with the group, but then you had a car accident, correct? And, and that's what ended correct. your association with the group?
3: Well, it really did, yeah. I broke my neck in 32 pieces, my jaw in 32 pieces. broke my neck, broke my arm. And, but I came back, man. It took me about six months when I came back. We with... one tour. I did a tour with Rita Coolidge and tried to put a band together called California at Alice Haley from uh, Spirit and another guy, Shannon O'Neill, kind of like a uh, Jackson Brown kind of guy. Geffen loved it, but he wanted to put another a Michael McDonald kind of keyboard player and kind of things fell apart when he did that. Geffen's notorious for trying to break groups up and put different people together. You know, it's, it's you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's ironic too that to, him and uh, Herb Azov, the two bigger sizes, are both gay, gay blades.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well You you schluff off, you off. You know this accident. I mean, dude, you you took, came back in six months. That's unbelievable. With that kind of, you, you, you know, some people may never come well, back.
3: The reason is I'm organic. I, everything I eat, I'm organic. I'm 75 years old. Like, all I got all my hair. I'm maybe 10 percent gray. Most of my friends are dead and gone. All I ever do is smoke pot and drink a little red wine.
4: Stay mm-hmm. away
3: from it. Maybe- <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> anyway, guys, uh, where am I going
4: to get out of this year?
2: tell me something? So what's going to happen is um, we want to be able, first of all, I want to get you that gig for the um, Connecticut thing, number one. Number two, is there a place, let's say a fan never saw you at a rock home. They know your history. They're Turtle fans, whatever the case may be. Crosby, Stills, Nash fan. They want to get your autograph. They'll pay you for that. How do we get them to get your stuff? Uh,
3: I think it's just johnnybarbeta at gmail.com. So and my said, email, it just, uh, We
2: can share that, yeah? Yeah, sure.
4: Okay.
2: So so for the listeners, it's J-O-H-N-Y-1-N-B-A-R-B-A-T-A, johnnybarbeta at gmail.com. Write him a letter. Tell him your politics. <laughs> tell him... <them, laughs> tell me you have <laughs> you wor- yeah, I'm,
3: wor- wor- trying to, I'm trying to think what my jingle was. It was, uh... Um... Johnny Barbada Professional Drummer. Yeah. If you put that in there you can get all you can get my book and all other stuff. you're gonna buy my book, it's a good read man.
2: Is it still available? Book. Your book's still out yeah, there?
3: Yeah, that is coming out uh, new the new book's coming out in about two weeks. That's the one you're gonna really want. It's got all, all color pictures of, of all the bands and stuff. Although I had to be careful because you know, I can't put all the pictures in there because of uh, credit and stuff, you know, they, mm. they wanna get paid for that
4: stuff. Johnny stuff like
2: that. When that comes out if you, what we can do is we can get you a lot of other interviews that'll be heard by a lot of ears and a lot of eyeballs, and we'll be able to help you push that book big time.
0: What's the name of your book, John? Uh,
3: uh, the legendary life of a Rockstar drummer. Perfect. <laughs> that
2: sums it up. <laughs>
3: yeah, it's it's a uh, it's a big it's a big cover on the front too. It's on a, it's an eight by ten. Mm-hmm. In the back, it's got me playing on my drums. It's cool. I like it. There's stories about the Beatles, of us. Everybody's in there.
0: Can you get the usual places, Amazon, or is it uh, just through you? Or how how, how can people get it's, it?
3: It'll be it'll be everywhere in about two weeks. I got it. put it in New York right now, being updated. It's uh, I got there's new stories in there and a bunch of more pictures than the old one. It's really cool. You'll like it.
2: So we don't know Maybe. when we don't know when this is going to air, but let's put it out there. Uh, you want to get Johnny Barbada's book? Uh, hopefully it'll be out by the time this airs. If not, be on the lookout. Everyone buy a copy of it and tell your friends about it. And if you want to get Johnny to sign a copy, uh, write to his Gmail.
3: You got it. Well, we're a professional drummer. Johnny Burbett, professional drummer. Excuse me, either one, I guess. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, I'm going to write your name down
2: and uh, let you know when the book comes out. I'll let you know. That'd be great. We look forward to that. And I, uh, Mark, I think... Uh, I think we're good. We want to thank uh, Johnny for being with us, right?
0: Yep. Yeah, uh, and
3: uh, Mark, 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 Mark and Howard hear what I say, what I said in there too, because they need to.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I just wanted to plug one more time, even though, you know, you've done so many other things, you know, if you get a chance to get Happy Together album or the Turtles present the Battle of the Bands, you can hear Johnny play some of his best stuff with the Turtles. And I want to thank you for being our guest today. I always like to thank Charles uh, for being my guest. And uh, this is the Fun Ideas Podcast. Thank you very much. Hey, one last,
3: one last thing I'm going to
0: tell you. Sure. Okay. Uh, I, I, did, I played a gig with Johnny Bird at
3: the Atlanta Pod Festival. Mm-hmm. We went out after Alice Cooper or something. 150,000
4: people. He played halfway through Memphis.
3: Remember when he had single and the lights went out? And I kept playing my drums. It was the 4th of July. I ended up playing a 45-minute drum solo. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> all, and they, people started flipping their big lighters on. The so power was out. This hue came over the audience. And, uh, you know, halfway through the set, I'm thinking, man, am I going to last 45 minutes? It was incredible, man. People, when, I got, when I got through, I had like a five-minute standing ovation. Johnny Rivers couldn't even play. He came over and started talking to me while still applauding, waiting for the people to stop. It was a trip. Anyway, I'll let you guys go.
2: That's incredible. Thank you for sharing that as well.
3: You bet, buddy. Good luck with
2: everything. Thank you, Johnny. God bless thank you. Very watch. Bye-bye.
0: You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening, and thank you, Charles Roseney and John Barbada, for being my special guests. Episode 110 will be coming soon. If you would like to comment and or be a guest on this podcast, please drop me a line at funideas.mark at gmail.com. Become a patron of Mark Arnold and Fun Ideas Productions. If everyone listening just contributed a dollar a month, that would be a tremendous help in continuing the production of my books and this podcast. Also, subscribe to my YouTube channel. The opening and closing music for the Fun Ideas Podcast is provided courtesy of Danny Solazzi of the characters and is used with permission. This has been the Fun Ideas Podcast. This is Mark Arnold speaking. This episode is copyright 2021 Fun Ideas Productions. Thank you and good night.